40 footed for Ennis. Oh, I got a live one here. <laughs> 10 win season, just the seventh in the history of the program. Dino Babers has delivered on his promises. It's over! It's over! The Orange have won it! Syracuse has won the national championship! This is the Seth Everett Show. Good morning, everybody. It is Tuesday, October 22nd, 2019, right here on ESPN Syracuse. We begin our live local coverage, unless it's a podcast and it's the future. And if you're listening to this in the future, tell me, how is the flying car? I'm Seth Everett. He is Polly Sebelia. Good morning, Polly. Good morning, my friend. Good morning. We have good news, and we have a disturbing story that came out this morning, or at least I saw it this morning. I guess it broke late last night in baseball. We'll get to that in a second, because I want to be positive. I don't want to be Mr. Negativity. There was a very cool announcement by Syracuse University yesterday that made me very happy. My favorite basketball player's number 44 jersey is being retired in February. John Wallace, ladies and gentlemen. How great is that? How cool. Good for him, man. That's awesome. He's hit uh, one of the biggest shots in school history, right? Yeah, yeah. You you could have to argue that, yeah. I mean, it's got to be top five. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) against Georgia. Yeah, to go to the Final Four. And um, that was my senior year in college. And he was every year... Uh, with with uh, you know that you know his his years were my years you know so uh, ninety six was his final year and then he went on to have a a, a very successful NBA career and um, when Syracuse plays North Carolina um, February 29th, which is a leap year so if your birthday's that day then you're only like ten years old. Um, John Wallace's number 44 will be retired. And I, I love retired numbers. I don't think you can do enough of them. Um, there was significance. The only thing I would say about John Wallace, if you remember the history of the whole thing, is John Wallace was billed as the next Derek Coleman. And he wasn't Derek Coleman. He was John Wallace. He wasn't Derek Coleman. I think that was the one stigma that plagued him his first two seasons. And then eventually he came into his own. And like I said, like you said, he hit that three against Georgia uh, to send the team to the final four. And that was uh, the Cuses in the house. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Average 22 points his senior year. Oh, it's pretty good. Amazing player. Amazing player. You know, he I'm was thrilled. also he was also kind of ahead of his time in a way. He was kind of a stretch. Like, you know. There weren't many six eight guys that were you know playing the forward position that were stepping out and hitting threes and bringing the ball up the court at that time, and yeah, and, uh, yeah he was a great college player. Yeah, second forty four to be retired. Derek Coleman uh, had his number retired in two thousand six. He'll be the fifteenth player to have his jersey retired. Um, we could go through the list. I thought about doing the list because I wonder what's omitted, like what what what's next. But John Wallace has always been to me. Um, I, like I said, I, he's just my favorite player. Uh, it's, it's totally personal. Uh, this is not, this is not a knock on any other era. Um, but he is my favorite, my personal favorite, and I'm, I'm thrilled for him and I'm very excited to see him. And we're going to do a whole thing, uh, up, up, you know, we'll, we'll have a big ceremony. He's going to be on the station 17 times today, from what I understand. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, one of the shows booked him without knowing that he was having his number retired. So, 
They just booked him ran- randomly to yeah, have him as, on? Yeah, the Centers of Attention booked him earlier in the week as a friend. <laughs> just, just to have him on? Yeah, just, to- <laughs> just to talk. <laughs> and he got his number retired. So. That is pretty pretty wild. So good good for him. Okay. Uh, did we do enough positivity so that I can get mad now? Well, uh, I wanted to ask you, is John okay. Wallace the next number? Like, Is he the one that you think should be? Retired? Is there anybody that you think that is omitted that should be up there? Let's do a deeper dive on that because I have the list in front of me. I just closed the window, but I have the list in front of me, and I would have to go through history. Uh, Jerry McNamara. Yeah, Wallace should be up before Jerry. Jerry's great. No, 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 not in order, but I'm saying is that next? Like, Do we start attacking that era? Um, I think Carmelo Anthony. Stevie Thompson. Yeah, I think needs, could argue that. needs yep, his up there. Jason yeah, the Hart. list, for for those of you driving in your cars right now, uh, Ronnie Cycli, Vic Hansen, Carmelo Anthony, Billy Gabor, uh, Wilmot Sadat Singh, uh, Sherman Douglas, Lawrence Moten, Dave Bing, Dennis Duvall, Billy Owens, Dwayne Pearl Washington, Derek Coleman, now John Wallace, Roosevelt Bowie, and Lewis Orr. That would be what... Uh, it, 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 it's, it's, it's part of Syracuse's iconic stuff and i love it i I just it it, it makes me proud to to work here and it just i love it i'm so thrilled uh for john wallace but i would think jerry mcnamara off the top of my head stevie thompson i have no issue with i would not fight in any way um but jerry mcnamara would be if you're asking me to pick that would be the guy yeah g mac hack has definitely got to get up there stevie thompson this is going to be a crazy one i think preston shumpert should have his number retired too but wow but uh, hey, Jason Hart and Princeton Shump. Jason Hart numbers. I have a very uh, poor memory when it comes to that kind of thing. So. Preston Shumpert scored a lot of points. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He was great. Yeah. Oh, great, great player. A great player. Yeah. Again, I'm, you're not going to get a fight from me on anything else. You will get a fight from me uh, by what if you follow me on Twitter at uh, Seth underscore Everett. Um, it really takes a lot for me to get really, really annoyed. And I am annoyed. I'm just. It takes a lot I, for you to get annoyed. That might be the does, understatement really of the year. I really, I, I, you know, I like Twitter for like sarcasm. I, I, I like, I like sarcasm. Um, I wanted to tweet a bunch of things about like superhero stuff and the Star Wars trailer and all the idiots that had to watch the Monday Night Football uh, game to see the Star Wars trailer because you didn't cut the cord. Cut the cord. Cut the cord. Here's what happened. The Star Wars trailer aired on ESPN proper. And then within 30 seconds, I'm not exaggerating, 30 seconds, uh, it was on YouTube. And Apple TV, you type, you press on your phone the YouTube link, you put it on your TV, and I could watch that thing on a loop. I didn't have to watch Patriots Jets. (laughs) If you sat through Patriots Jets, now if you're a Patriots fan and you enjoyed that, congratulations, have that. If you are any other NFL fan, that was not football. That was a joke, and don't don't even engage in that. I but did not star- watch. I turned on at the two minute warning just so I wouldn't miss the Star Wars the trailer. Star Wars trailer. So yes, yeah, I did not watch good. the game. Oh, and it was despite amazing. the fact, but it, despite the fact that Episode Eight was underwhelming and it got a lot of people mad. I think that episode nine is going to do a lot of fan service. I think it's going to have a very Avengers Endgame feel to it. And I think that I think people will be satisfied. And I think given what Star Wars' trends are. All right, we'll do the we'll do the Astros thing in the next. <laughs> the, 
That's fine. That's fine. Because the Astros thing, it's too, it's too important not to do. The, the assistant general man, uh, let me tease it this way. The assistant general manager, Brandon Taubman, should be fired and should not be allowed in the building tonight for game one of the World Series. Okay. Um, as far as Star Wars is concerned, the trends that are going on, and I did a whole podcast on this, is they're much more into miniseries and the Disney Plus app. And you're seeing that transformation. Whereas when Disney bought Lucasfilm, they were going to do trilogy after trilogy after trilogy. And it was movie, 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 movie. And for some reason, the combination of the anger towards The Last Jedi, which people were, the vitriol was wild. And then the underwhelming performance of Solo and then the announcement of Disney Plus, you're starting to see things like The Mandalorian. So I'll ask you, Polly, you're a Star Wars fan. What are you more excited for, The Mandalorian or Episode Nine? Episode Nine. Oh, see, I'm on the fence. I just because I'm old school. Like you, you got. I got to see how this wraps up. I've invested well, right. my whole right. life into this whole series. Life. Yep. So yep. and it, it's got to be this. And I want some appearance by Anakin Skywalker. That's what I want. I want one appearance, and I don't care if it's Hayden Christensen or some morphed guy like he A was Force in Return Ghost? of the Jedi. Well, there's going to be Force ghosts all over the place. Sam Darnold was seeing ghosts. Did you see that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was my favorite line from last night. Um, but that'll be... Look, I, I agree with you in the completest of the whole thing. But what I think the trend is, and this is the kind of the point I was trying to make, is... I genuinely think they are going to hold off for quite a while before you ever see episode 10. And I don't know that you ever will see episode 10 because what you've seen them create is this timeline. And there's two very underappreciated portions of the timeline. You have episodes one, two, and three. And whether you like the prequels or not, that's a story. It's pretty much a complete story. And it's augmented by the the animated Clone Wars. And then you have episode three, Revenge of the Sith, which I don't know how, how you feel about it. I don't hate that movie. I don't either. The, the last hour was amazing. The rest amazing. of it's done. The fight scene with Obi-Wan and Anakin with I hate you. Oh, God, I love it. You were my brother. Oh, I love it. I, I love that. I love that movie. But it is very underappreciated post-Sith pre-episode one. And if you notice, everything between three and four is beloved. Rogue One was amazing. Yes. Right? Rogue One was incredible. I think it's the best Star Wars movie ever. Incredible. And Rebels took place in that time. And it's all pre-four. And I think if they can revisit everything between three and four, I love. And then four, five, six happen. You know, A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, a classic trilogy, established the universe, the whole thing. But when Lucasfilm was purchased by Disney and they announced that they were starting the franchise again, they put Episode 7 in real time. So 30 years pass from Episode 6 to Episode 7. And the reason they did that was because Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, and Carrie Fisher were older. And there's no way to not have that. Like, yes. 
you know, they hadn't invented the technology to make them look like Samuel Jackson looks like in uh, in Captain Marvel, like when he looks like he's tw- you know twenty five years old, and so they couldn't do it. And so based on that idea, everything between six and seven looks like a gold mine, like a treasure trove of past Jedi pre this new uh, trilogy. What do you think of that? Yeah, it's going to be good. And breaking down just the trailer alone last night, I think from what I took out of it is C-3PO is going to have a huge role and maybe being the hero in the whole trilogy there's a guy maybe. who he's a he's the one steadying thing that's been there since the first one, one to the yeah. last one and i think anakin built him i think the last at the very end he's going to be a huge part in how this all wraps up i'm really sorry i can't give you coverings this so this is what we took out of monday night it's football it's one of the dumbest lines the dumbest lines of phantom menace <laughs> i'm really sorry you don't have coverings so we took Nerdfest out of ESPN's coverage of Monday Night Football last night. Like I said, I, I watched the first five minutes, and it was funny because my <laughs> I'll tell the, the God's honest truth. My daughter has to my my second grader has to read, and she likes to read with me. And so I went upstairs and I turned the game on right around kickoff, and I went into the other room and I read a book with her for you know 25 minutes or whatever it was i came back it was 10 nothing patriots i said i'll watch this for five minutes and then everybody was tweeting like everybody and uh, syracuse people too but like everybody was tweeting oh i just want to stick through this for the stores trailer and all i'm thinking to myself is you know you can sign up for youtube alerts like here here's a little secret right we sign up for youtube alerts so when dino babers is posted on youtube we know (laughs) <laughs> we, we know instantly well i have the same thing for star wars and every time they post something i get a notification and literally 30 seconds went by between the airing of that trailer on espn proper and then and then it was on youtube and i, I i'm just saying you didn't have to endure that football game you didn't have to watch it you would have seen it 30 seconds later we're not talking about 30 minutes later. 30 seconds later. Want to talk some sports? Nope. All right. <laughs> I will explain to you why the general, the assistant general manager of the Houston Astros should not be allowed in the ballpark tonight. World Series Game 1 is coming up. It's here on ESPN, and I'll explain the whole story in just a second right here on ESPN Syracuse. This is the Seth Everett Show. <laughs> Mm. Want to know something cool about this song? Yep. There's no bass. No bass. If you listen to the whole song, there's no bass. I got six minutes. <laughs> you want to play the whole thing? <laughs> <laughs> and you see uh, the thing on, uh, I think it was Instagram, Jerry O'Connell. You know, the guy from Sliders. And uh, I, I, I know he's a, also an animation voice. Yep. Uh, Jerry O'Connell was uh, playing this in his car and he was singing it out loud. And his two kids were in the car and they're going, Dad, stop. Dad, stop. And he's like, shut up. This is good. This is good. And it's Wendell's cry. <laughs> <laughs> it's very funny. All right. Uh, I, I have a serious issue. And look, I bring up topics that I'm passionate about. I'm always going to be transparent. I'm always going to be honest. 
and I had a very big problem with the story that I saw this morning uh, that was written by a young lady named Stephanie Epstein, who I don't know, but I know a lot of people that know her and have gone out of their way, both men and women, to support uh, what she wrote, as well as other people that were in the clubhouse and corroborated the story. The Astros had just won the pennant, and the clubhouse celebration was raucous, you know, as, as you would expect a clubhouse celebration to be. And I've been in about uh, two dozen of those, and they're a blast. They really are a blast. And when you're involved in the team, even if you're not a player, they are so much more fun than when you're just like an executive or, or, or just a national broadcaster. And these things are really, really cool. So uh, Josh Reddick was crushing vodka Red Bulls. Garrett Cole smoked a cigar. And Carlos Correa was uh, staring at the American League Championship trophy. But at the center of the room, and I'm reading from the story here, Assistant General Manager Brandon Tobman turned to a group of three female reporters, including one wearing a purple domestic violence awareness bracelet, and yelled half a dozen times, Thank God we got Osuna. I'm so blank glad we got Osuna. The outburst was offensive and frightening enough that another Houston staffer apologized immediately. And the Astros were asked to comment on the situation, and they declined comment. And this is why I think this got even worse. They also declined to make Tobman available for an interview. Now, why would he yell, thank God we got Osuna? Well, Roberto Osuna led the American League in saves this year. And if you remember the 2017 team that won the World Series, they did so despite a very uh, lackluster bullpen. But they got they got Roberto Osuna because he was suspended for a domestic violence charge. A charge that Osuna doesn't deny happened, and the charges were dropped because the woman... Ramon uh, Roman Coda, I hope I'm oh, no Alejandro Roman Coda, the mother of his then three year old child in May eight, 2018. He was a member of the Toronto Blue Jays and the Toronto Blue Jays said through no uncertain terms, he will never put our uniform on again. I will never allow our fans to cheer for him again. John Gibbons was their manager at the time, and I'm friends with him, and I had that conversation. Now, we have a domestic violence policy in baseball. There's a domestic violence policy in all sports. So I'm not saying that Roberto Osuna can never pitch again. I have spent many years, no, many years, many shows and podcasts and things. I have said this very clearly. If we believe, if we support baseball in saying they have their domestic policy, domestic violence policy, then Aroldis Chapman can pitch for the Yankees if they so choose. And the Toronto Blue Jays said our morals are more important than our competitiveness. And they traded a guy named Roberto Osuna and they got peanuts in return. They got nothing good in return. Because this guy was on suspension and was considered not touchable. 
And the Astros said, we don't care. Now, to, in their defense, they have donated a lot of money towards domestic violence victims groups. The Astros did. And the Astros issued a statement that said he did his time, he paid his price, he is getting counseling, and he's a member of our team. Since he got to Houston, he has a 2.46 ERA and 50 saves. What you can't do, and again, I'm not saying that Roberto Osuna can't pitch for the Houston Astros. What you can't do is you can't shout toward women reporters and say, thank God we got Osuna. You can't brag about stealing him because from a baseball standpoint, it is a stolen trade. They stole Roberto Osuna. They struggled to get Altuve and Carlos Correa and George Springer and Garrett Cole. They got in a trade from the Pittsburghs and they, they got Verlander in a trade with Detroit. They, they put their team together, but they stole Roberto Osuna from the Blue Jays because the Blue Jays were giving him away saying, here, here is this piece of trash. You have him. We're, we are, we are more concerned with our morals than our competition. And I don't blame you as a fan, meaning when I say you, I'm using ustedes, meaning all of you, meaning the listeners, Polly, I, I, I value your opinion on this. Anybody wants, if you want to say, I'm with the Blue Jays, I don't want a domestic abuser on my team. Or if you're on the side of the Astros saying, you know what? I don't care. I don't care. He serves his time. It's a player. I'm a fan. I just want to know about the baseball stuff. I don't want to know about the off the field. What I have said is I will never interview Roberto Osuna, just like I will never interview Aroldis Chapman or Jose Reyes. I, I, I would never interview Ray Rice. I'm not saying I want them tarred and feathered here. What I'm saying is they will never be on a show that I'm a part of. Roberto Osuna will never be welcome on my podcast. That's my rules. Those are my personal rules. But that's my line. You have your line. Anyone can draw your line. And I'm not begrudging the Houston Astros from acquiring Roberto Asuna, and he's a great pitcher, and he deserves to be their closer. But Brandon Tobman is a son of a for shouting that at three female reporters so loud that a, a staffer had to come over and apologize to them. And the Astros, for not making this guy available in an interview and not make comment publicly when they were requested, they should be ashamed of themselves. Now, the story printed on SI.com and the Astros released a statement. I will read the statement. And again, you can make your own judgment. The story posted by Sports Illustrated is misleading and completely irresponsible. An Astros player was being asked questions about a difficult outing. Our executive was supporting the player during a difficult time. What was the difficult time? Winning the pennant? His comments had everything to do about the game situation that just occurred and nothing else. They were also not directed toward any specific reporters. We are extremely disappointed in Sports Illustrated's attempt to fabricate a story where one does not exist. So then I'll ask. Why did an Astros staffer come over and apologize if it didn't happen? I'm sorry. The Houston Astros need to do something, and they need to do something before this game starts. They need to apologize. 
They need to explain it. And this guy, Tobman, has to be fired. Even if what they say is true? What what do they say? What they just said, that it was taken completely no, out of context. Because an Astros staffer went over and apologized. You can't that that statement is poppycock. It's nonsense. That statement is garbage. That statement is a reaction to the article. What the Astros should have done. You want to show class? You want to show that you're 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 grown-ups in this situation? When Sports Illustrated is going to write this story and Stephanie Epstein calls the Astros and says, I'd like to talk to somebody on the record and I'd like to talk to Tobman and they say no, she printed the story anyway. Good for her. She offered them. See, the Astros had their chance. And I can say, if you wanted to tell me that Tobman lost his mind and he was hammered, you want to give me an excuse? I don't have to like it, but I wouldn't call for his job. What I'm saying is, not only are the Astros guilty of this, but they did it and now denying it after the fact. When And, and, they, and, and enough people that I like and support, including people from The Athletic, from The New York Times, from The Wall Street Journal, have all corroborated this story. Because don't forget, the media is in this clubhouse. So they're all there. I believe Stephanie Epstein, and I think the Astros are full of crap. And they have to react. And if they have to show me something, they have to react. And I think they have to do something before the game today. I think they have to make an announcement. I think their owner needs to get involved. And this is the last thing they need. The absolute last thing they need. But you know what I know something? If you're asking me to root for a team for the, for the World Series, I am all in on the Washington Nationals. I hope they pummel these Houston Astros. That's just my personal opinion, but hey, my name is in the show. I'm telling you right now, the I believe that this story happened. There's no way she made it up. And for this guy to deny comment... To, to deny facing it and acknowledge that it happened and minimize the whole situation, I'm glad they printed it. And for the Astros to release the statement that they did is shameful. Shame on them. This is ESPN Syracuse. This is the Seth Everett Show. <laughs> hey, folks, we can tell you something really cool is happening at ESPN Radio Syracuse. How good a kicker are you, Polly? Horrible. If I could okay, kick, good. I would be, uh, I'd be kicking. You'd be Andre Schmidt. We wouldn't call you Pauly. <laughs> um, caller number five, right now, right now, people are calling. Like they're immediately calling. They're not. A, they don't even know what now, it's why? about. Why? Why? You can register. Well, I didn't write this. Uh, <laughs> register to win a chance to kick an extra point for a thousand dollars. One person chosen at random from all registrants to attempt the kick at halftime of the Syracuse-Boston College game. That's on the field. That's right there in front of everybody. No pressure. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I should read this before I start. Um, And if you get the field goal, you win $1,000. An extra point for 1000 bucks. We've had a guy win. Booted it right through the uprights in the past couple of years, and we've had a guy totally kick a worm burner. 
Ooh. across the, the grass. So, Okay, so how can people register? You have to be caller number five right now at 315-437-7644. Right? That, yep, that's the number? That's how you do it. I, I, We're going to register people for the next week, and then on Brent Axe's show, next Tuesday, we will draw our winner for the $1,000 Ooh, kick. like it. like it. Okay, cool. All right, caller number five right now, 315-437-7644. Could you make an extra point? No chance. Neither could I. You put a gun to my head. I couldn't do it. <laughs> no no way. No way. It's over. <laughs> no shot. It's amazing um, how unathletic the average human is. Well, I'll tell you, the only example that I have, and this was at least, I mean, how long since high school? I'm 45, so, I mean, at least... 27 years Al Leiter in 1989 was a rookie with the Yankees and had a blister problem and Al Leiter had a blister problem and he went on the disabled list well, then it was called the disabled list no it's the injured list sorry gotta be politically correct and Al Leiter was supposed to do a rehab stint with the Yankees but there was a major major problem with the George Washington Bridge the George Washington Bridge was like closed and you couldn't get to Yankee Stadium from New Jersey. And his high school, he went to a high school in New Jersey. His high school was playing my high school. And I was on the freshman baseball team. <laughs> and we got to take, like, we got to take, I think it was four pitches. So I stood in the batter's box against Al Leiter. I was six. How, how old are you in freshman year in high school? 16? Uh, yeah, and maybe 15, 16. Yeah, I was scared out of my mind, and I don't think the bat. And this, I was in good shape in fifteen and sixteen. I don't think the bat got off my shoulder before the ball was in the catcher's mitt. <laughs> and Al Leiter, uh, later on, when he was with the Marlins in '96, I interviewed him and I told him that story, and he said, "Oh, I wasn't even throwing hard." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, clown. And then he got shelled by the Rockies. This was the 96 Rockies. So this is Larry Walker and Dante Bichette and Vinny Castillo. Like the, they were called the Blake Street Bombers. And they just tattooed him. And I went into the clubhouse because I had to get Marlins postgame for some freelance thing. And I walked in and I said, uh, uh, rough start, huh, Al? I, I didn't know how to ask questions. <laughs> you yeah. know, like I and he went... Man, you you Marlboro High School guys, you guys sure are smart. Hey, the Marlboro man asked a smart thing. He knows I got shelled. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that was that was the end of LA. That's the closest I ever came uh, to ever doing that. There's a great thing on Twitter. I'll try to retweet it. Um, there's this girl named Kim. I don't know her last name, but she works. She used to work for the Big East Conference. And one time, there's this great video of her where she she was in high heeled shoes. She was an she was an intern with the Big East. I, I want to say an intern, and there was a ball just laying there on the floor, and she had played basketball and she grabbed the basketball in her heels, took two bounces and hit a th an NBA three, and it's on video. And it's a really, really cool video, and I, I, I see it all the time in a high-heeled shoe. And she got in a lot of trouble for walking on the court in high heels, not for taking the shot. See, because high heels can scuff up the yes, the you don't court. Wanna, you don't want right. to scuff up the court. That's it. Was about the court. It wasn't about the fact that she took a ball and shot it in the basket. 
<laughs> so how about that? <laughs> I'm telling you, man. We try to educate you here, and then we try to bring this show right to a grinding halt. Um, do we have caller number five yet? Yeah, they've uh, they've registered him in the in the back room, so we're all good. Is he on hold? Can we have him? No. Can we talk to that him? Would be, oh. That would be... Nobody wants... Oh, man. Kickers aren't interesting. I want, <laughs> dude, no, can't interview kickers. No. <laughs> That's pretty funny. But you know when I first heard that? I did a show with uh, Jay Feely, and uh, I said, I'm going to host a show with Jay Feely, and he brought a different guy on the Jets, and we did it for a year. And as soon as I wrote on social media, hey, I'm doing a show with Jay Feely, they go, that ah, kickers are boring. <laughs> and I was like, thanks. Thanks for the support. Hey, uh, on October 26th, the World of Beer presents Hollow Hops Brewfest in the shadows of the canyon at Destiny USA with over 100 craft beers from more than 50 breweries. It's a brewfest with a Halloween twist. You come dressed up for a costume contest. Haunted games, live actors from Frightmare Farms, and a museum of intrigue, Halloween movies, and more. General admission and VIP tickets available now. For two Brewfest sessions at hollowhops.com, or you can go to Branching Out Bottle Shop in Camillus and get your tickets for the Hollow Hops. And that's this Saturday? Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. And I'll be there. I'm going to this World of Beer Brewfest, except supposedly I'm doing 76 hours of uh, radio on that on, <laughs> that, on that day. So uh, it'll be when I'm, um, I'm not working. But uh, yeah. That's uh, that's the Hollow Hops Brewfest on October 26th. All right, we'll put a bow on this show and see what else is going on in the world. The, uh, the, the uh, centers of attention, they are in the bullpen. They're getting warmed up. They're ready to come in as we continue here on ESPN Syracuse. This is the Seth Everett Show. Hey, this portion of the show... Brought to you by Bill Rapp's Rapid Purchase. Enjoy the entire car buying process from your laptop, mobile device, or tablet at BillRapp.com. Uh, 315-437-7644 is the phone number. Today, folks, is opening day of the NBA. See how I did that as a poet there? And like you Walt know Frazier. it. Like, like Walt Frazier, swishing and dishing, huffing and puffing. Um, today, there are just two games, and they're both on TNT, but they're two nationally televised games. Uh, the New Orleans Pelicans, without Zion Williamson, because he's out six to eight weeks, uh, take on the Toronto Raptors, who are the defending champs, so they'll raise their banner, which is kind of neat, right? That's kind of cool. But then, 10.30 Eastern Time, so 10.30 out here, I'm going to find some way to listen online. Noah Eagle makes his NBA regular season debut with the L.A. Clippers as they take on LeBron James himself and the Los Angeles Lakers. I might stay up Lakers, for that game. Lakers Clippers. I'm going to check that out. That's I'm a interested. great. That's a great kickoff to the season. Right. I'm. I'm interested. Kawhi I mean, versus LeBron in their home. Right. Home. Whatever home team it is that day. You know. But I. Yeah, you went Kawhi, I went Noah Eagle, but that's okay. I understand. I'm just a local supporter. That's that's all. But yeah, Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> and Kawhi Leonard's former team, the Raptors, they're playing beforehand. No Paul George in that game, according to my sources. Like Tommy. Tommy. 
<laughs> Tommy is a NBA insider. I know, and, and I know we don't have a lot of time because you know the uh, the centers of attention are going to be all over the NBA opening, so that's very cool, and we'll look forward to hearing them about it. But uh, Zion's uh, unhealthy; he is a, a knee surgery, torn meniscus, and six to eight weeks. And all I can say is, is there ever an image of him not hurt? Yeah, him scoring all over everybody when he's not uh, hurt. That's the image. When he's not hurt, but him lighting think, everybody up. Yeah, that's are, the image I have. Are you of him. worried? Are you worried that he's going to be injury prone? Nah, it doesn't affect my life. No, but it's. No, yeah, no. I mean, it's going <laughs> to. Not going to lose any sleepover. Yes. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah. I mean, because I've seen that kid do things that I've never seen another basketball player do. So I want that to be seen yeah. by everybody. You know. No, I, I, look, it's unfortunate, and like I said, they, that's why the Pelicans were put there on the schedule, and um, that's why they're the opening game. And he didn't want to go to New Orleans; he wanted to go somewhere big and and whatever. And they didn't, you know, they won the lottery. So, hey, what can you do? Um, we didn't take any calls on that Astros thing, but I'm 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 saying this: going into the World Series, please take heed to what I said. Read the story. Find out for yourself. Make up your own mind. Hit me up on Twitter at Seth underscore Everett. I'm happy to continue the discussion any time about that. Enjoy the World Series. Hopefully it's good. Before uh, we leave. Tonight. Yeah. Can I say one more thing? Sure. Our friend Brent Axe will be at uh, Dave & Buster's on Friday doing his show. I support local things also. So <laughs> I want Brent Axe. Go on out, check and John out Brent Wallace. <laughs> and John Wallace, newly uh, retired 44. He'll be on Centers of Attention in just a minute. Everything that's great is happening not in the 10 o'clock hour. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Stay tuned. That's a wrap on today. We'll see you tomorrow at 10 right here on ESPN Syracuse.